If they don't want to invest in you, they'll make you do a lot of work. They'll say, okay, write a code, show me an example, give me this. Their idea is the more you do and eliminate the risk, they can invest. But at that point, they will never say no to you. They're just pinning you. So if, if you don't get a term sheet and they're asking you to do more work, that's a no. Hey, welcome to Sit Down Startup Founder Podcast. I'm your host, Adam O'Donnell, former founder and VC. I now work at Zendesk for Startups, where we offer six months free use of Zendesk for qualified high growth companies. Welcome to a new season of Sit Down Startup, where we interview $100 million plus founders. Today, I interview the founder of AI, Sarah Madhu. They've raised over $164 million from top funds like Zoom Ventures, Menlo Ventures, First Round Capital, Norwest Ventures. My three biggest learnings, first, when fundraising, if the VC is continually asking you for too much, it's a no, don't waste your time. Second, solve for time. He raised right away because he's like, the only thing we don't have is a lot of time. He had a very impressive track record. So that made it a little easier, but still solve for time. Finally, get operators on your board. People who are actually running companies right now, not people who are retired, who are going to give you advice from yesterday, but people right now in the trenches who can share and make those connections as well as share what's working and what they're doing. It's a great episode. You're going to learn a lot. Shout out to one of our top partners, Founders Village. They're one of the largest communities in Silicon Valley of founders, engineers, and investors. They run every other week and weekly events, Founders Village. Search them on LinkedIn. Madhu, it's great to have you on the show. Let's just get right to it. Tell us about iSera and what it does now and, and when you founded the company. So first of all, Adam, thank you for having me. Uh, I really liked enjoying talking with you during the TaiCon panel, I guess, a few months back or a month back. Um, with that... Um, we started ISERA in late 2017, early 18. Um, I came out of service now um, to start this. Uh, and the purpose and the mission for ISERA is how can we improve user experience and user productivity, and at the same time for organization to cut costs, right? Uh, I really wanted to understand how AI and automation can be leveraged uh, for both end users, right? When I talk users, users could be employees, it could be B2B users, B2C users. I wanted to improve their experience. And also at the same time, how do you grow? Remember, that's a growth phase of a company's. So how can you grow more without throwing more human at the problem? It's not a scalable model just by throwing, right? And that's the mission that we are in. And uh, it's now what, close to four and a half years or a little over four years. Uh, we are fortunate that we are doing well. Um, in terms of what worked for us, that you're asking me, a lot worked, right? Look, uh, early on, we are in the right domain, right? Uh, customers really liking what we are doing. Uh, early customers believed in us. That was a great thing, right? Having the right data set, right customers. And you have to have the right employees. Look, this is a people business. Um, this is a hard work of not one person, right? Now we are close to, what, 170, 180 people. So it takes it takes an army to build where we are, right? And it case, it's on the shoulders of many people. And... And that's across the board, right? You need product people, engineering, sales, marketing, finance, customer service, so uh, all, right? Building an early stage startup is not easy. It's Absolutely. not for faint heart. You need to have really good grit to have it. A hundred percent. Well, congrats on getting to 180 employees and the world that we're in now where cutting costs is more important than ever. I'm huge on automation on everything I'm doing. So we don't have to hire as many people and we can get way more out of what we currently have. So it, I'm sure it's a great time for you. Could you kind of go back to maybe year one as you were continuing to grow, maybe before one of the hockey stick moments, something that you did maybe to a, a growth channel or some kind of interaction you had 
No, I think a lot, right? I wouldn't say this one thing. So if for every company, there's usually series of things you've got to do to hit what I call the right thing. And you have to avoid the right uh, minds also. So for us, I think, look, getting the right investors is the number one for a company. Getting the right founding team, right? Investors, founding, right people from day one, right? Those are all the right things to happen in first year. Um, because in first year, all you're doing is a con taking the idea to get the first product version. You're getting the 1.0 of the product. You're getting the first customers. You're iterating on it. And the, for AI, it's all about not just the algorithms that we did. I'm very proud of what we do on uh, software, pro but you got to have the data set. Remember back in 2017 and 18, not everybody is used to this concept of AI and automation. So that really helped us a lot of our focus. And again, having the domain, uh, most of our team came out of various companies. They worked at either ServiceNow, Splunk, VMware. So being there, done that a couple of times, that helps a lot. So you avoid at least the known minds. Every company is different, like every kid is different, but at least you know what mistakes to avoid and you try to avoid them. Hopefully you don't make new mistakes. <laughs> Absolutely. So tell me you were at ServiceNow before and, and Splunk and you were able to get some investors within the first year of founding the company? Like how, how soon did you do it? Day one. I don't do it. My approach is different. So look, you need to, uh, and this is for all the entrepreneurs too. You got to leave the company, start, get the investors. So your business plan, your series A. Again, my style is not to go through seed and angel funding. If you are really wanted to build a good long-term companies, you want to build platform companies, you want to build a company to go public, you want to go a company for 10 years, and you go do straight A, series A, right? It's a thing that you don't have is the time. Getting time is the most important commodity and the people. So you put your business plan, go to investors and investors, and you want to get investors so you want to study them, right? You want to understand their background. Uh, is this investor is willing to stay for next 10 years? Do they have that grid? Like as much as you and me are staying, Adam, if the investor is ready to bail on you, you don't want that type of investors, right? Do they have the capacity? Can they stay that long? Do they have proof points? So do reference checks on them. Talk to those investors. You want the forms. Don't go by just by the company brand and the name. It's always a board member is matters than the company name, the VC firm. So early on, I was able to get really good, good investors. Like I got people like John Callahan from True, Venki Ganeshan from Menlo, Matt Howard from Norwest, right? So these are the early people like Ram Shiram from Google, right? These are people like, and you need operators too. You don't want to swim in this lane by yourself. Uh, you want to get people like Dan Mormon Owen or Andy Bechtelshine, Paul Morich. These guys are CEOs of their own companies, right? They're running those companies. They're not retired. They're not sitting. So getting an advice from somebody who's not running is not that valuable, right? Like if you're retired and you're sitting somewhere, I don't know where you're sitting in Montana. I mean, whatever advice you give you, I mean, I'm happy to give an advice, but you don't know what the FIRs today. So a lot of entrepreneurs make a mistake. They hire a lot of advisors. They put them, no, get a really running a person who's running the business, mm, right? That is interesting. Help me with how you built those relationships. Cause I'm assuming that you started before you started raising money. No, I mean, same time, right? So you put a business plan, typical process, how it works in Silicon Valley is you come up with idea, you and your founders come with some idea, right? And once you have that idea in your mind, you go pitch to investors like song and dance and you pick five investors to see if they're ready to invest with you. And you want to do this thing in a short span, right? You don't want to keep on. So if you don't get an idea and money in the bank in let's say two to three months, and that itself is a good signal. So usually the if somebody wants you, they'll invest with you, they'll give you a term sheet immediately. If they don't want to invest in you, 
they'll make you do a lot of work. They'll say, okay, write a code, show me an example, give me this. Because the, their idea is the more you do and eliminate the risk, they can invest. But at that point, they will never say no to you. They're just spinning you. So if, if you don't get a term sheet and they're asking you to do more work, that's a no. So you didn't have anything in your business. You literally just had an idea and a couple co-founders? That's it. It's me and Christos who started this. Christos Stephanas, two people. Did you use, when you said business plan, did you use that or did you use a pitch deck or are you referring to them as the same thing? I'm referring to the same. So typically what we do is we create a pitch deck, which is the business plan, right? And you go present that and, and you got to know what you want to build with and the case, create the tab, create the opportunity. What At the end of the day, where is the money make money? We are here for profit. I'm not a non-profit. I'm here to make shareholder return. If I don't make money, I'm not doing my job. So one of the things that I think a lot of founders that I talk to is they optimize for the wrong VC and they optimize for a VC who's really not actually serious in investing in their company. So I, hearing what you said around, like, if you're not doing this whole process in two to three months, like starting the, to pitch to actually getting the money. And that's like when you're actually going out to raise. A lot of founders are just building relationships with the VCs to just socialize what they're doing before they start to fundraise, which is different than what you're saying. Like you're like, yeah, you don't want that. See, it's like dating process. Like if I come to know too much, then I may not want to marry you, <laughs> right? That's all. So if I were you, I would not socialize too much with VCs. Look, VCs are also trying to socialize. They're not getting to know. So in a way, if they say they want to get to know you, they're trying to study you. So you, if good people, you take your plan, pitch deck, show it, give them a short list, either they invest, yes, no, right? Time is what you don't have. You don't have all this time to kumbaya, socializing. All those is if you have all the time in the world. Did you start fundraising before you had quit your job at ServiceNow? Never do that. Never. Always. You need to have a clean brakes. Leave, think on the side, then do that. I always tell entrepreneurs, the day you are ready to do, put your paper, resign from the company, quit from the company, then start a fresh day. You don't want to have any cross IP issues? Never. I, I'm very, you see, you can see it from my, I'm usually black and white in how I like to do things. I'm very prescriptive. Very interesting. This is this is some contrary stuff here because I I hear I, I interview a lot of VCs and founders around what it means to raise the round and oversubscribe. So I'm I'm really really intrigued that you're just like we're, I'm not playing around. Like I'm building a billion dollar company. If you want to join as a VC, that's great. But we're, this train is leaving the station. That's right. That's how most good companies are built. Always, if you can study that too, statistics wise. That is really cool. Well, okay. So you you got the money in the bank. Two to three months later. What are you doing at that point now? What are the roles you're hiring for first? Yeah, first thing is you celebrate. You open up a champagne, right? Great. You got the money. At least somebody believed in you. And other than myself believing it, right? So you celebrate, go to a cup of coffee or whatever wine you... Uh, the second thing is obviously you start building, right? At that point, the number one is so finding the founding team. So you, two, three people is not enough. Now you need to start expanding. Hey, who else can we hire for what roles? So typically for an early stage product, you always want to have a good architect, good product manager. Right? You don't need a, a sales manager or you don't need a, um, a sales enterprise executive. You don't need a marketing. On day one, you need a product managers, architects, people who are building the product, right? developers. You want those things. You want to start doing that. And you, there's never enough of those. Getting good people early on who have the same vision. You want to get those people and start building the product. Right At that point, you're now rolling up the sleeves. You're writing the first line of the code. You're writing your dot jar file, first Java lines, first Python lines, .h lines. So you want to really do that, right? Open up your GitHub repository, compile the code. So it's it's a lot of work. Uh, a lot of people underestimate um, being an entrepreneur, being founding is glamorous, 
but it's a grunt work, right? Um, and this process, again, you, you remember I keep saying it's a long process. That means your family should be totally intuitive, right? Every founder will have, every person has their own family, whether it's spouse, kids. You, there's a lot of sacrifice goes to families. They are the unsunken heroes, right? For us to do this thing, there are people that have to support us day-to-day -day work, right? For me, it's my wife, my kids. All these people are involved in, from day one, right? There's a lot of sacrifice that happens across the board. 100%. Tell us about the first time you got a customer and then the first time you maybe got past your first 10 customers uh, and and when you kind of hit that product market fit. Yeah, no, I think, look, we are very early on was able to get a couple of first two customers came in on this almost same time, same month. Like, remember, what we want to do is first is to get their data set. So once the customer believes that they have the problem, you want to find an early adopter who has the problem, right? For us, finding that early customers, and we have a whole bunch of customers, like you see in our page, we have customers like uh, starting from Autodesk, Zoom, McAfee, right, Chug, Workday. So getting this early first customers through which we build a product for them, right? And the product should have enough for them can deploy it, making it successful, right? Early on, there'll be still, if there are things that are lacking in the product that you want to build in the product so that the automation is there, even the deployment should be automated then the running of the product in day-to-day -day life cycle should be automated, right? Their customers should see the results of this. And we are able to, one thing is because we build the product by data and algorithms, we are able to quickly get to very high accuracy because in AI, it's all about accuracy. It's fidelity. Do I understand what Adam's questions are? Understand his, his requests? I'm able to serve those, fulfill them, right? That's very important. Uh, so we kind of chose a very pragmatic and very accuracy fidelity based approach that really helped us a lot. That's great. Well, final question, my favorite question, what's your yeah. superpower as a founder? I don't have any superpower. Man. I'm, I'm, uh, if I'm a superpower, I'll be in Avengers movies or something. I don't have any superpower. I think superpower is uh, the team, right? For every founder at for us, I think getting us, the team is a superpower, getting all the people getting to play this, in synchrony is the key thing, right? And it won't happen. I mean, I, the more we get tuned to this, that's where you get the network effects and amplification, right? You grow. So getting everybody mm -hmm. to play this, everybody has to do their own part, but at the same time, all of them collectively should progress the company exponentially. Absolutely. Well, Madhu, this has been amazing. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Adam. Thanks for having me. That's a wrap. Thanks for listening. Make sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and Google. If you want to learn more about Zendesk for Startups and our free offer, please check out our website at zendesk.com startups.